This is Dubai Eye 103.8. And I'm pleased to say our guest in the studio answering your questions today is Amanda Perry. She's the CEO of Vitality. Amanda, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for inviting me here. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Vitality. Um, It's a female-focused business accelerator. So explain what you guys do at Vitality. So we launched the business two years ago because we saw that there was a need in the market to support women to grow their businesses in a way that women wanted to be supported. As I'm sure you know, um, the DNA of men and women is very, very different. And there was a lot of support out there for business growth, but not necessarily directed towards women um, and to suit their skills and to suit the way that suits their lifestyles. As our businesses were growing ourselves over the past 10 years, we were recognizing um, that there was a real need there to support our female clients and help them scale these businesses in the most efficient way. Because as a woman, typically we are balancing a multitude, a multitude of things. And time isn't always our biggest asset. So efficiency needs to be the core of everything that uh, we do. So gradually um, and organically, the consultancy side of our business grew until two years ago we launched Vitality. And we've been building businesses ever since, scaling those up and helping those clients um, look for a strategy for growth, develop that strategy, and in some instances find an exit plan as well because we're living in, living in Dubai. We are changing. We're, we're not always sure what our future is going to be. And it's always important for these businesses to have an exit plan. Because without one, effectively, you don't have a business, you've got a job. And I think it's really important for most of us to recognise when we're business owners that a job isn't what we're after. We're looking to build, build wealth, build growth, build that asset and have security behind us. And in terms of your experience in Vitality and your previous experience, do you take direct lessons from what you've learned and, and help to use those to, to encourage other people to learn from your mistakes too? Oh, absolutely. I've fallen flat on my face several times over the past 25 years. Um, I've been a business owner for 10, um, but I've been um, helping individuals grow their businesses um, for 15 years prior to that. And I've been doing it around the world and I've, I've learned spectacularly. Um, I've learned my own from my own mistakes, um, and I've also learned those from my peers as well. And it's important to learn those lessons. And I think when you learn from a mistake, you probably learn a little bit better than if you were to learn in another format. So I love to share my experiences with my clients. It's up to them what they take on board. Um, but yeah, a couple of face plants <laughs> later. Well, um, anything that stands out that you can tell us about? Because we often hear about people's success stories and it's fantastic. And we really love hearing success mm. stories, whether it's an exit, whether it's a company that's grown exponentially. But what I think is really interesting is sometimes hearing people when they come in and they tell us about some of the failures and how much that has maybe changed the course of something that they then go on to do is really quite interesting. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, from... From my perspective, um, from my experience, some of my um, biggest learnings have been with getting involved with the wrong people, Um, whether that be uh, picking a client who you think is going to be the right fit for you going forward and not quite having the confidence to say no to a client. Um, You think potentially that they fit your 
demographic or they fit your values and when you start working with them actually you realize that they're real energy suckers and they're taking your time away from your 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 great clients so having the confidence to say no to a particular client has been a very very uh, big lesson um also doing business with people who at the time it looks good on on paper but you've not done enough due diligence that's always a, a sharp learning curve because Everything's not always as it seems, and I think it's very important to really get to know and get to understand on a much deeper level who you're getting involved with. Those are my experiences where I I think that I've learned my biggest lessons. But for clients, I mean, there's so many different things. It could be that um, a, a new product or service they think is in alignment with their existing business model is going to work, but they've not done enough research. Um, research probably is one of the biggest shortcomings um, that I see over here it's very easy to get caught up in seeing a business but in perhaps back in your home country or something you've experienced elsewhere and you think it's going to work in Dubai yeah I call it emiratization you need to figure out how it's going to work out over here it doesn't always translate and that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see happening I think it's quite interesting because we were just talking um, a few minutes ago about the store in America where there's a fast food chain that ran out of a newly launched menu item and that's the the key research is is so important we hear that over and over again Lou says Amanda I've slightly lost my footing and I'm not sure how to move my business forward 90% of the time I work independently and run a solo operation from home I hardly have any contact or support from peers apart from the retailers that I work with and of course the customers I have tons of ideas in my head but procrastination has become my best friend lately I'm lacking some serious inspiration and motivation and the more days that weeks that go by I feel the pressure to lock myself in my office so Lou wants to know Amanda do you have any go-to tips do you have anything that you often do when you find yourself stuck in that rut um yes absolutely I mean I would say the first thing is to take yourself out of that physical location the one that's causing you to procrastinate the one that's not inspiring you to move forward with what you want to do um the reason or one of the reasons why we created the structure of vitality the way that we did was to provide um, that peer-to-peer support for all of our clients it wasn't just about us as a team of consultants providing advice guidance and support to our clients it was about creating an environment where there was peer-to-peer support for all of our clients so that they could keep that inspiration keep those energy levels high um, and retain that passion because As female business owners, passion is probably one of our core strengths. We're incredibly passionate about what we do, but it can be easily fizzled out with procrastination. It can be fizzled out with a few knocks. So I'd say surround yourself by people who want to see you succeed. Put yourself in an environment or a co-working environment whereby you have uh, like-minded others around you who can lift you up, who can encourage you. But you can also do the same for them. It's quite... I guess she's on the lookout for community. And essentially, that's what you're offering. You know, that's kind of what you guys do. Just tell us about, very briefly, some of the benefits, though, you can really see when you join um, a group like yours. Explain, because... Sometimes just knowing someone else is in the same boat can be quite helpful and that other people have trod this path before makes you feel not so alone because that's clearly how Lou's feeling. Absolutely. Um, feeling not alone is is huge. Um, knowing that someone else has walked that path, again, hu- a huge um, help to you. So what we've done um, 
in parallel to our consultancy is um, build a tribe. It's a community. It's a community of professional women who are looking to support other professional women and receive support as well. They do that through a like-minded attitude. They do that um, through their own experiences and skills. And we create that community and sense of belonging so that those relationships can build. Women are phenomenal at having a conversation with another person and recognising their need, and that's what we encourage. So we create events, we create a co-working environment, we create um, community and situations whereby we can facilitate those conversations those relationships can be built, um, the support can be given and shared, which um, makes a massive difference. You go from being perhaps a single-person team to having a, a, a group, a power team, a, a mastermind of peer-to-peer um, to help you grow your business and help you just keep that momentum going, that buoyancy and the confidence. I can't, can't explain how much mental well-being and self-belief is a factor to your success and if you have people around you that can elevate you and share those experiences and lift you up when you're feeling a little bit down and you can do the same for them it's probably better than some of the best paid advice you'll get <laughs> anywhere. Um, it's always good to know you're not alone the voice you're listening to there is Amanda Perry she's the CEO of Vitality the region's first female focused business accelerator. <laughs> And I'm pleased to say our guest has stayed with us. It's Amanda Perry, the CEO of Vitality. Amanda, thank you for coming in today. We've had quite a few questions coming in for you. We were talking um, a few minutes ago about a question that had come in, Amanda, with um, Lou. Lou was struggling a bit, was sort of feeling like working alone was quite difficult. And you've mentioned Vitality can be a real support. Now, Arlene's question is slightly different. Arlene says, my friend and I have an idea to produce an item. We need to create a drawing or a prototype. Is it easier to get that done here in the UAE or is there a bulk manufacturer elsewhere that I can that can produce an item from drawing? So I don't know, George, if that's anything you've had experience of. Has anyone come to you guys at Virtuzone and discuss those? Because once you get a license with you guys, you often discuss and go through some details with people, don't you? Well, we help them. We help. You know, first of all, we have a lot of questions before we give them their license. So we, we kind of have an idea of what they want to do, because depending on what you want to do, the time frame and the, the, the demographics that you want to, to target, we will suggest, obviously, and uh, advise on different different setups and different uh, jurisdictions to set up in different types of licenses. So we have an idea on on, on, on what uh, what kind of direction these people are going in. But uh, more and more, we're having to get involved post-setup. So, so, and we want to get involved post-setup and, post and, and make them feel like they have somebody. You know, we've, I've heard it a few times in the last few weeks. Entrepreneurship can be a very, very lonely thing. Mm. Um, and this is something that, that, that we, don't talk enough, we don't talk enough about. You know, it's, it sounds like a grand idea and it's a very, you know, very prestigious and so on. But it could, it could be a very, very lonely world out there when you're, when you're starting up your own company and so on. So we're trying to more and more accompany our clients, hold their hand and tell them, listen, you're not alone. Uh, you know, we're here. We're here. You, you have somebody to talk to, do a bit of mentorship and so on and so on. And Amanda, would you have any advice? I mean, it's quite a niche question. Um, in respect to the prototype, yeah, I mean, there are, it depends what um, the prototype is of. Um, of course, you know, China is probably leading in terms of manufacturing. However, you're not there in China, and sometimes it needs that face to face 
meeting, that communication to be able to develop the prototype that you need in the way that you want it done so that you can demonstrate the quality that you're looking for, the materials that you want to use. That isn't so easy um, through email, obviously, if you're willing to travel to China and you're able to communicate effectively with the manufacturing team um, and you've got contacts there, absolutely go for it because you're probably going to get a bit more bang for your buck. But if you don't, I would say seek out someone local because you're going to have a much better relationship and a much better experience because you are connected. It, it also depends a lot on what the, pro the product is, right? If it's yeah. a very sophisticated product or if it's just a, basically a design of something or, or something that's mechanical or something that's, that's, that's an object. Uh, you know, for a prototype, it's always it, it could be much cheaper to do it here locally in somewhere like an Elko's in, in a workshop or something like that. But if you're talking about something sophisticated with technology in it, then it becomes a bit more of a complex question because you need to get that technology integrated into the product and so on. Okay. And 3D printing might not be a bad place to look as well. Absolutely. If it's an object, again, yeah. if I'm saying if it's an object, then it's just a question of design, then somebody, you know, anybody with a, with a 3D printer should be able to get you something uh, out, of, out of a drawing or out of a picture or something like that. But uh, if it's something that needs uh, to integrate technology that has electronics in it or so on or whatever, then uh, you're probably better going off to the experts of that wherever they are in the world. Okay, we have a question in from Helen, um, and it's about social media. Helen says, I'm looking at employing someone to take care of my social media. At this point, it wouldn't be a full-time job as I'm just starting out. What should I budget for? Do you need to look for someone on an hourly or a monthly basis? And what might I get out of it in terms of posting, planning and monitoring? So, um, Amanda, I'll start with you and then I'll come to you, George, because I'm quite interested because... You know, people have very different needs for social media, but there's no denying we all need it now. <laughs> um my social media skills are limited. <laughs> I like your honesty. <laughs> um, well, as we were talking earlier, you can't be good at everything. Um, no, it, I'm probably the wrong side of 40 um, to be that social media guru. I understand the power of social media. I benefit greatly. My business benefits greatly from the power of social media. In terms of understanding the mechanics you know, I've got a wonderful team who guide me through that when we talk about analytics and we review every week to see what we've been posting and what works. So I would say, um, what's this lady's name, Helen? Yes. I would say to Helen, look, if this isn't your strong point, hire, retain someone who really does have this as their core strength. You can't be an expert at everything. Um, focus on your strengths. Understand enough so that you can be sure that the person that you're hiring is doing an effective job. Understand how they're going to report to you and what that reporting looks like. What do you want to know as a result of what's happening within your social media? The other side to that is what I would say is if this isn't a full-time job, what exactly is it that you need? Do you want to employ someone who's going to be your sole responsibility or do you want to engage a freelancer or potentially look at outsourcing to a professional social media company? Again, you might get more bang for your buck in that regard because they can provide an awful lot more because they have a team as opposed to a single person. So, yeah, write up your list of what you need, what exactly it is you're trying to achieve, what are you capable of, what needs do you need to fill, what do you want this role to look like and then perhaps search. And there's plenty of people out there, George. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, I want to tell Helen, she's not the only one in this situation. We see that all the time. Uh, social media is a relatively new uh, medium, um, and it's, 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 it's obviously working very well in some cases, and everybody wants to get into it. It's not an exact science yet. I don't believe people who tell me I'm an expert in social media because social media hasn't been around yet. 
uh, enough for you to be to be an expert. I believe that you understand how it works, and I believe that you can you can you can you know how to how to work with it, and you can do a good job. But there's, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a social media expert yet because we haven't had, simply hadn't have enough experience with it to know what what the best practices are. We know some of what the best practices are, but we don't know what the ultimate solution is in terms of cost. Um, an agency, and there are a lot, and I mean a lot of social media agencies out there. In terms of cost, they can do some very good things. Uh, it ranges between, well, from what I've seen, it ranges between five hundred and and, and five thousand dollars a month. Uh, and 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 uh, you know, it's it's sophisticated approach. It's not a hey, listen, just give us your password and your and your and your login, and we'll just we'll 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 do we'll do the social media for you. Uh, they create plans, they create mood boards, they come to you with with a specific plan over the over the course of the month or the course of the year depending obviously on what's the message that you want to pass across. And then, you know, like Amanda was saying, the metrics are very important. It's very important to go through the metrics and see what the results are. It's not, a, you know, a lot of people, uh, and I've seen it before, say, you know, I just need somebody to, you know, to take some nice pictures and post the right things and, and, and get some engagement and get some followers going. It's not as simple as that. There, there is a science behind it. Uh, although the science is not completely, uh, is completely mastered yet, there is a science behind it. And, uh, these people will be able to give you a plan based on what your needs are and then you follow that plan it's you know to create the plan is important to put the plan into the plan into execution is important but the most important is to actually evaluate how that plan's going and you do that through metrics of engagement and metrics of followership and so on Okay, um, Elisa's message says, I'm hoping to test my business idea by setting up a pop-up. So I, I guess, you know, not a, not a bricks and mortar store. Do I need a business license to sell clothing there? And is it a good way to test whether it's a good business idea? Um, it all depends on where she wants to open the pop-up. I mean, there are some... Um, there are some, I mean, there's like markets and stuff. Yeah, there, there are some they? markets yeah. that are set up where you are covered by the license of that actual market because okay. really it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a one or... One one time or two time thing uh, or thrift shops or something like that you know and like yeah. th there was one for for moms i think in, in uh, times square at some point they were doing every saturday or every first saturday or third saturday of the month um in terms of setting up a pop-up shop in a mall or something like that yeah definitely you need a license to be able to trade there but if you're under the umbrella of a market uh where you have many different you know pop-up stands then um then I, I don't i don't believe you need a license now and Amanda, what would your point of view be in terms of whether that's a good idea to test if the idea is good? If you're thinking about maybe going into this business full time, is it good to get yourself out there and sort of test it a little bit? Absolutely. Whether it be a product or a service, start with friends and family, um, take their feedback, um, test your product and service um, at great length. I mean, it doesn't have to take time, but it, does, it should be um, impactful. You need to know how others feel about it. You might think it's the best idea in the world because it's something that's lacking in your life, but that doesn't mean it's um, something that's lacking in everybody else's. So take advantage of those friends and family. Ask them to road test it, really. Once you've got that feedback and you've developed your product or service and improved upon it, then, yes, go out to the wider public. And if there's pop-ups available to you, it's a great way of doing it for sure. Okay, Michelle says, do either of you have any advice in terms of reselling of a business here in Dubai? The business is aimed at women interested in running online e-commerce sites and selling to mums. So this is um, ready-made business with customers, suppliers, stockists and partners in place. It all depends on... Uh 
it all depends on the size of the business and uh, you know the, the asking price for the business or the idea she has in it because you never get the really asking price but the idea she has uh, in her head on what the business is worth i would say the first step would be to evaluate what the business is worth so to do that you need to go to an accounting firm or an auditing firm if you're a bigger business i suggest you go to one of the what they call the big four which are uh, you know some of you might know um, the first step is to evaluate what your business is worth there's many ways of evaluating a business it could be uh, you know a certain multi multiple of your revenue, certain multiple of your profit, of your assets, depending on the kind of business that you have. After you've evaluated that business and, and, and you've been told the bracket in which this business, what this business is worth, then it's up to you to say, yes, I want, I st I'm still interested in selling it or not, because some people will be surprised of, at how little their business is worth, or quite the contrary, how much their business is worth. If you decide to go ahead and sell it, then you need to hire somebody to shop your business around. It's a, uh, there's different types of brokerages whether they're the you know the uh, big accounting firms the auditing firms again banks and so on and so on depending on the type of the business uh, if it's a smaller business i would say if your business is worth under 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 a million dirhams or, or, or something like that I, i i would suggest to do it more like mouth to ear rather than to hire somebody because to hire somebody is costly and it would eat a lot of your a lot of a your profit, uh, of yeah. a lot of your profit so if it's it's if it's a business that's under a million dirhams i suggest to go mouth to ear to friends and to post it on facebook and so on you can even put some ads in the paper i've seen many ads in the paper like for example a hair salon for sale or a restaurant yeah. for sale or, or these things so if it's under a million dirhams i think that's the best way to go you don't really need a broker it's just more of a more or less of a, a conversation to have like if you were selling a house or a car or something like that okay final question we've got just under two minutes amina says do i need a license to run a lifestyle blog or website that will hopefully in the future nice and optimistic earn money from advertising or commission yes so if you're owning if you're earning any revenue from a business you need to have a license for a very simple reason first you're going to need a bank account to get paid into and in order to get it to get a bank account into a business uh, for a business you need to have a license that's i would say the the the, the bare minimum uh, obviously you're going to have to charge vat and all these things but these are taxation uh, these are taxation issues that come up but in order for you to have a, if you want to be credible you have to have a bank account as as a company so if i'm if you if you're a blogger today and i'm paying you for advertising i'm not going to pay it to natalie lindo i'm going to pay it to natalie lindo inc or whatever yeah. it is and in order how to how did have you know that's what my company's called no i'm, I'm joking <laughs> And in order, that actually sounds pretty good, Natalie Indo. Uh, but to, to, in order for you to open a bank account, you absolutely need a license, and um, and then um, and then you're you're legit to go. But you will also have to ch ch you know charge taxes over a certain uh, over a certain amount. So. Amanda, just briefly, you guys at Vitality have something called Tribe, and I guess lots of people are asking similar questions of each other. That's kind of what you guys do there too. It's a, it's a way of finding support and people going through similar things. Yeah, absolutely. It's a community that we've built and continuously build of um, professional women. We've got a few men sprinkled in there for just good favour as well. No, it's about women. You're going to get me angry. You're going to get me angry. You know all this. Uh... No, it's, it, this isn't um, about stereotyping. It's not about creating barriers. It, it's, in fact, it's quite the reverse. You look at a coin, you've got two sides to a coin and you need both sides to make it whole. What we have aimed to do is to bring down the barriers so that women can succeed in their own right. By doing that, we're empowering men as well and to create a community of women who feel confident enough to develop their businesses and show their strengths. What you're doing is you're, you're polishing both sides of that coin at the same time. So our tribe, which is what we affectionately know our community as, is a peer-to-peer 
community of women, and as I said, a few men in there as well. Sprinkled, sprinkled. Sprinkled, we all love a few sprinkles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whereby we can create an environment where we can support one another in an authentic way. We can build relationships, get to know each other, get to understand each other's businesses, and more importantly, get to know the needs of that person. Because we all come from different backgrounds. We all have very different experiences. We're all running different businesses from different industries at different stages. So we're all unique. Therefore, we all have something unique to offer the other person. For example, you know, you, you, you have cucumbers, I have tomatoes. Let's get together, let's make a salad. You know, we <laughs> all have something to bring. And I think it's really important that we all recognise that we have something to bring. It's not just about coming here and taking advice. It's about also recognizing that you have something that somebody else might need as well and we encourage our community to have that conversation we encourage our tribe to get to know one another um, and create that peer-to-peer support network for one another which is key to to running a business because we talked about it earlier it's it's lonely it Mm. really really is you could have a team of 20 people but if they're not your peers they're not necessarily the right people that can support you you could have a huge family and network of friends but unless they understand business, they might not be giving you the right advice, guidance and support. So it's very important to surround yourself with like-minded individuals, ones that have your best interests at heart. Um, and they're not just telling you something to make you feel better. OK, that is the voice of Amanda Perry, the CEO of Vitality. Thank you so much for coming on the programme, Amanda. Thank you very much for having me. This is Dubai I 103.8.